Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. As we are people today living by faith, that's going to show itself in obedience. If we say that we believe God, if we say that we trust God, if we say that we have faith, and yet we're not obedient, then our claim is invalid. Real, true faith shows itself in obedience. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Hebrews. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 8 through 22, in a message titled, Abraham, the Father of Faith. Now, here's Pastor Brian. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore." These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense." By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instruction concerning his bones. And so as uh, perhaps you've noticed, we're, we're reading together the text that we're sharing from. So we're going to be looking at these verses, at least some of the verses that we read from today. And remember, we talked briefly about, just mentioned the fact that that Hebrews 11 is known as the hall of faith. And it's known as the hall of faith because it's pointing back to the faith of the, the different men and women, you know, throughout those long ages before the time of Christ who trusted God, who believed him. And so as the author has been challenging his readers not to lose their grip 
uh, not to back off in their commitment to Christ. He then, you know, launches into this uh, 11th chapter and reminds them of all of their ancestors, really, or their, their, you know, the people that preceded them who were faithful and demonstrated faith. So he calls us, calling them, calling us as well to learn the lessons of faith through the lives of these particular people that he mentions. And so he mentions many in the passage that we read. Of course, Abraham is the predominant figure there, but Sarah's mentioned, Isaac's mentioned, Jacob's mentioned, Joseph's mentioned. We want to focus today really on Abraham, mainly because Abraham is designated in scripture as the father of faith. He's the father of all those who believe. And so Abraham becomes kind of a a model for faith. If you want to know what faith looks like, in other words, then look at Abraham. He, he's an example for us of that. So we're going to look at that. But before we pick up in verse 8, we just need to have a little bit of background because the author assumes that we know the background with Abraham. So I would imagine many of you do, but maybe not everyone knows the background. So let me just give a little context here. So Abraham was a descendant of Noah's son. Noah had three sons, and um, he was a descendant of Shem. And it was through Shem that the, the promises would be fulfilled, ultimately. And Abraham lived in a place called Ur in the land of the Chaldees in ancient Mesopotamia, which is modern-day Iraq. So Abraham actually came from the area of southern Iraq, and he lived there approximately 2,000 years before the time of Christ. And so it was there in that place in southern Iraq where Abraham lived that we read in the New Testament that the God of glory appeared to Abraham. And uh, his name was Abram at the time. God would change his name later to Abraham. But God appeared to him, and this was the message that he gave to him. He said this, recorded for us in Genesis chapter 12. He said, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and in you... All the families of the earth shall be blessed. So that's the background to verse 8. And then in verse 8, we read, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So God appears to this man. And... He appears to him for the, for the specific purpose to create a, a new nation through which he's going to bring about his promises. And it's through this new nation that, that God is going to create through this man, Abraham, and his family that the Messiah is going to come into the world. So what we read about Abraham is his response to God was obedience. And so this is the first thing that we need to note. Faith responds in obedience. Abraham believed God and he obeyed God. 
So the Lord appears to him and, and he just says, you know, get out of your, your land, your country, away from your family, your father's house. And that was the initial call. And he did it. He obeyed. And so as we are people today living by faith, that's going to show itself in obedience. If we say that we believe God, if we say that we trust God, if we say that we have faith and yet we're not obedient, then our claim is invalid. Real true faith shows itself in obedience. First of all, obedience to the clear you know, commands of God in scripture that are there for all of us, but it's going to also show itself in more personal kinds of obedience like we see with Abraham here. The thing that always strikes me about this passage, it says, and he went out not knowing where he was going. You know, the thing that gets me about that is that is often the way God does things. God gives us a command that's going to lead to, you know, something far, far beyond the command many times, but he doesn't give us the details and he calls us to just take a, a, a step of faith in going out, sometimes not knowing where we're going or not, not really knowing, you know, what the end result is going to be. Sometimes people come to me and say, you know, God has shown me his plan for my life. And then they go into this elaborate, detailed description of what God has shown them. And then they say, well, what do you think? And I say, well, <laughs> this is what I think. I think uh, most of that is your imagination. Because in my experience, and in, I think you could build the case from scripture, you know, God, he doesn't give us all the details in advance. He sometimes gives us the big picture. Like with Abraham, he says, you know, really he gives them the immediate and he gives them the, the long-term result. He says, leave your country and in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But what's going to happen in between, God does not tell him. And, you know, personally, I found that to be the case as well. God doesn't give you the in-between parts. He just gives you the command, and sometimes he shows you that, you know, it's, this is kind of where you're going to end up over here, but he reserves the details for himself, and that's where faith comes in. So like Abraham, he went out not knowing where he was going. God didn't appear to him and say, hey, get out of your land and go to the land of Canaan. Now that's where he was going, but God didn't tell him that initially. God only gave him the second step after he, in obedience, took the first step. And we need to understand that, that that's really a principle. Because sometimes, you know, God's called us to take step number one, but we're holding back, looking for clarity on step two and three. And the Lord says, no, 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 we'll get to step two and three after you take step number one. So you see, we will find ourselves as well at times where we have to do a similar kind of thing. We will have to step out. We will have to obey. We will have to move forward, not knowing necessarily where we're going. Years ago, back in 1990, actually, through some different circumstances and meeting some people, I became convinced that God was calling 
me to take a trip into Eastern Europe, into what was at that time the country of Yugoslavia. And, you know, back in 1990, of course, we didn't have, you know, cell phones and all of that kind of stuff. And we didn't, I mean, even, you know, computers, uh, there were computers back then, but, you know, not everybody had their own personal computer back in those days. And I had connected with this couple that lived in a small village in one of the provinces of Yugoslavia. And they lived in a village that was 500 years old that probably had a couple hundred people in it, and they had one phone for the whole village. And so, you know, we were trying to make plans for me and this team to come over. They invited us to come and do some ministry. They thought maybe, you know, maybe God could do something. They, they kind of took a step of faith and invited me and said, you know, well, you're a pastor of a church. Why don't you come over and see what God will do? And I became convinced through some different circumstances that I was supposed to do that. But there were tons of details that we just never were able to nail down. So I remember as we were just getting ready to go, a friend of mine said, so, so um, what, are you, what are you guys going to do over there? My response was, you know, I don't know. And his second question was, well, where are you going to stay? My response was, uh, I'm not sure. And then, you know, who's, who's putting this thing together? Uh, I, I, I'm not really... Uh, you know, some people over there, you know, I'm not even sure, you know, who they are. But I had just this, this absolute conviction, even really, honestly, against my, my desires and, and to some extent against my better judgment. But I had this conviction that I was supposed to go. So we got on a plane in L.A. and we flew to Belgrade, Yugoslavia. And we came through customs and everything. We walked out and there were a couple guys that had a sign with our names on it. So we figured, okay, I guess that's step number one. We, I guess we go with them. And uh, we did. We went with them. We, pi we all piled into, I think, two cars. One of them was a Vita bus. And then we took off for a couple hundred kilometer drive. And next thing I knew, we were out in some little village somewhere. We get out of the car and there are pigs and chickens. And, you know, and I'm looking around thinking, wow. Where in the world are we? What are we doing here? And we had scheduled that trip for three weeks, 21 days. About halfway through it, everybody was looking at me going, Brian, what are we doing here? What were you thinking? Why, why did you think God was telling you that you were supposed to come to do this? And why did you drag us along with you on this trip? And, you know, I seriously was wondering all of that myself. And, you know, about halfway through the trip, Suddenly, everything changed and went in a direction that, you know, we had no way of expecting. And we stumbled upon a group of young people in a city. Uh, we had only been in villages for about the first week and a half. And we finally found that, oh, wow, there's a city here. And we went into the city. We met a group of young people. We shared the gospel with them. And they were so open. They were so responsive. About, you know, 25 of them received Christ right on the spot. And here's the big point. That became the first church plant into Eastern Europe, which has led to a couple hundred churches being planted over the past 25 years. But at the time, at the time, you know, this was a, a clear case of we went out not knowing in, the, in that sense where we were going, not knowing what we were going to do. We didn't know that, but we just went with the conviction that God was calling us. And you see, that's, that's what faith does. Faith takes that step. 
when you can't see where it's headed, but you have a sense that God is wanting you to go in that direction, that's what Abraham did. That's what we will do today if we are seeking to live lives of faith. So that's the first thing we notice. Secondly, we read in verse 9, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. He dwelt in the land of promise as a foreigner. When we live by faith, there's going to be this element where, for, the, for lack of a better way to describe it, it we're, we're taken out of our comfort zone. We're not taken out of our comfort zone and necessarily placed in a, you know, a state of misery, but, but we're taken out of our comfort zone. You see, obviously for Abraham, it would have been much more comfortable to just stay home. You know, okay, God appears to him and says, you know, I want to bless you and I want to use you. And Abraham could have said, oh, that's great. That all sounds so good. How about let's just do it right here? What do we have to leave for? But part of the plan is that he has to go and he has to dwell in this land in which he is a foreigner. So he's taken out of his comfort zone. And like I said, he's not put in a miserable situation, but he's just put in a situation that is not as comfortable as he previously was. And he committed to that was, that was going to be his life. You know, as Christians today, and throughout every generation, but you know, today, in case you guys haven't noticed, the planet we live on is imploding. The, the societies that, uh, you know, we're, we're part of and, and surrounded by, you know, everything's kind of unraveling before us. And this is a strategic time. And it's not a time to be thinking about, you know, settling down so much and, you know, making a permanent kind of a plan or name for ourselves in a certain place. It's a time to be open to be saying, Lord, if you want you know, like Abraham, if you want me to be, you know, live as a foreigner in the land of promise, if you've got some promises that you want to give and some things that you want to do, and it's going to take a relocation or something like that on my part, then I want to do that. I, I pray that that's the heart that all of us would have today, because that's what the life of faith looks like. Now, not everybody's called to uproot and go off and you know, do something you know, in another location. It's more a matter of the heart. It's more a matter of just saying, you know, I'm open to this. And, and to live with kind of an expectation that if, if things are just too comfortable, then maybe I need to take some steps or maybe I need to change my lifestyle a little bit so God could, God could do something. There have been times in my own life where I've just looked and I thought, you know, th this is too comfortable. And, you know, it's good. It's enjoyable. It's a blessing. But, but it's too comfortable. Years ago when the Lord called, you know, Cheryl and I and our kids, you know, to leave and move to Europe and to plant a church and all of that. You know, we were having a great time doing what we were doing. We were pastoring a good, solid church. We had wonderful relationships, lots of friends and lots of great ministry happening. It was all good. 
But you know, one day I just thought to myself, man, this is so good and it's so comfortable. It's so easy. You know, I get a consistent paycheck and life is pretty predictable and, you know, church is going well and life is enjoyable and, you know, all, all of that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that was a blessing. But I just had to ask myself the question, where am I living by faith? Where's the faith in this picture right now? And I could say, well, you know, we did an outreach. We had to exercise some faith for that. And, you know, we stepped out and did this and we had to exercise some faith. Okay. But, you know, I had to just take a serious look at my own life and say, where, where am I really living by faith? And I had to conclude that, you know, this is a comfortable situation and it's an enjoyable situation, but, but maybe I need to be willing to, you know, maybe be a little bit less comfortable because maybe God wants to do something. And of course, looking back with hindsight, I could see God was working all of that stuff into my life because it ended up being true. And I, my final conclusion was when I decided at that point to go, I concluded, you know, somebody else can do what I'm doing right here. Somebody else could step in at that point and, you know, they could, they could effectively pastor the church. And I had good people around me that I was confident could do that. Somebody could do this, but nobody's going to do that. And unless somebody goes, it's not going to get done. So my conclusion was I need to go so it could happen. And, and we did. And we became strangers in a foreign land. We lived in a foreign land. And so, you know, there's just that element there where, okay, this is different. It's, it's, uh, it's not as comfortable. It's not as easy. And that's what faith is going to look like. Obviously, that's my faith story. Your, yours will look different. But it'll have those kinds of similarities like Abraham. There's similarities in all of our lives. And so he obeyed. He willingly put himself in a place that was less comfortable than it might have naturally been. And then the third thing that we see about him in verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said in Isaac, your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. The thing that we see here is that the life of faith includes sacrifice. Now, Isaac was the promised child. He was the one that Abraham had waited for all of those years. And he was the one through whom the promises were going to be fulfilled. But now God says to Abraham, he says, I want you to put Isaac on the altar as a sacrifice. And now, let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource on Back to Basics. There are certain Christian books that we would refer to today as classics, books that have just stood the test of time, and generation after generation of Christians have benefited from them. There is a book that is recently published called Gentle and Lowly, written by Dane Ortland. And, you know, many people are already saying that this is a Christian classic. Now, Gentle and Lowly is taken from the passage in Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus says of himself 
that he is gentle and lowly in heart. And so this book is looking at Jesus through that lens, and we're going to find out that Jesus is much more gracious, much more patient, much more loving than we ever imagined him to be. So this is a fantastic book, and I highly recommend it, especially for anyone who has a tendency to feel like they failed God, they've let him down, or you're not sure about God's love for you. This book is going to, I think, forever give you the right perspective on the heart of Jesus for his children. So check it out, Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. Again, this month's resource is a book titled Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. You can order the book Gentle and Lowly by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Hebrews. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.